You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 76. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and this is episode 76. And as always, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here today. 2020. Oh my goodness. It has been quite a ride. I am looking back at last year's shows as I was finishing up last year and did episodes on prepping for finals and wrapping up the semester. I talked about life's blueprint and heading into the new year, new you. And in a million years, no one could have possibly have foreseen. 2020 being as crazy as it has been between COVID and the social justice issues that we've faced and the presidential election and the whole political spectrum that we have now just, the world in general has just shut down and reopened and shut down and there's just been so much, so much. And when we're going back and looking at last year's episodes, it was just such a more simpler time when we could just focus on finals and what it was going to be like to go home for a couple weeks and be around relatives and family members we hadn't seen in a while or finishing up our first semester in school and all the new experiences we've had and trying to intermingle those in with the old ways and the old thinking of the relatives that we hadn't seen in you know, quite some time, whatever it might have been. It is so much different now. Yet there are so many similarities. <laughs> Right? The, the sun comes up, the sun goes down, you're still finishing school, you still have a plan, you're still moving forward on it, you're still looking at ways to be better at the things that you do endeavor towards, and you're looking at ways to compartmentalize your emotions and understand them better. Emotional maturity, like I talked about in the Emotional, emotional Intelligence book that I recently got my hands on. The more I talk with you all, and I get feedback on what it is that you're looking for as you envision your life and you see what the world potentially could be like when you get out of school. And The more you talk to your advisors and I'm talking to other advisors and the feelings I'm getting is that there's a lot of uncertainty. And when there's a lot of uncertainty, we as humans, this human experience that we go through, we begin to look for certainty. Because that's what we crave. Habits are literally movements that our brain has memorized in order to get a particular outcome, which gives us certainty, which means that it doesn't have to think about how to obtain that outcome. It just goes into autopilot. Excuse me. This is why you will memorize how to tie your shoes. And if you've done it with two whether it's you know the the hoop and the loop and the crossover and under and all that, or whether it's the two bunny rabbit ears, whatever it is, once you get away, you stick with that way. Once you make coffee a certain way, you stick with it that way. When I used to bartend and, and wait tables, which I still do here and there, just pandemic driven, and you know the need for an income, <laughs> it's uh, 
it would amaze me when I would ask people if they wanted coffee when they when I said, "Oh, you want some coffee, cream and sugar?" and they would hmm, they would think about it. I'm like in my head I'm like, "What are you thinking about?" You everybody takes their coffee the same way almost all the time. Right? If you take cream and sugar with your coffee, then you take cream and sugar with your coffee. It's not like you've gone your whole life without cream and sugar today and then all of a sudden you've decided, "Well, today I think I'm going to try sugar in the raw." <laughs> it's now, for those of you out there like, no, Jesse, I like to shake it up and go to Starbucks and order 15 different kinds of frappuccinos. That's okay. That's one way. But whenever I'm asking you about black coffee, there's a way you take it. And the reason why you take it that way is because you come down with the taste. You habitualize the process it takes you to obtain that taste, and you move forward with that. Because your brain doesn't really want to have to think all that much about the making of coffee. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg wear the same outfit all the time. Einstein did this because they frankly just didn't want to put a lot of thought into their wardrobe. Now, I think Einstein not, but the other three had enough money they could have paid somebody to give them something other than just (laughs) sweater vests and turtlenecks. But I digress. We're looking for ways to habituate life. We're looking for ways to obtain certainty. And in times of, of massive uncertainty, we will definitely go back to the things that we can make certain in our lives. And when we do this, what we ultimately end up doing is falling back into the way that we perceive the world and then just internalizing that back again as if it's our reality. Now, I know that sounded like a bunch of mumbo jumbo to some of you, so let's let's get back and be clear. First and foremost, before I get too deep into this, There is an episode that you can go back and listen to from last year, and it is the episode um, 33, and it is, I think it's something called like Processing External Events, at least that's how I titled it in my notes, and because I wanted there to be a fluidity of this episode, I'm not necessarily going to go back and look into the archives, but look around episode 33, 34, because I did one on processing external events and beliefs and values. And we're going to get into that a little bit again today. And I didn't honestly realize that I had already done a show similar to this until I'd already prepared this show. But I'm not surprised that I would have gone back to how we process external events finishing up the year. Because how we will look back at what this year was like for us versus how it really was will all be based on how we internalize external events. An external event happens out and about, and we internalize that through three different filters, delete, distort, and generalize, and then that becomes the internal representation, the, what the pictures and the videos that we create in our mind about the life that we've led, which will then go down and it will ultimately feed into our very reality. All right, It turns into this, you delete, distort, you generalize the world, right? Let's go back to motivation real fast. When you think about why I'm going to go through all this and you want to think, why do I need to know this? Have you ever thought I'm a failure? Have you ever thought nobody loves me? Have you ever thought I can't lead a team? Have you ever asked somebody on a date and been rejected? Have you ever thought because you had an experience with one person, let's say in the Greek community, that they're all that way and you've felt bad about boxing everybody up from the Greek community into this, they're all, if they're in a frat, they're jerks, or if they're in a sorority, they're snobs, or if they're in 
into theater, they're gay. Or if they're into science, they're nerdy and they don't have fun. Like if you've ever boxed anyone up like that and it's come back to bite you in the butt or you feel like you may have missed out on meeting somebody really cool, then this is the episode for you. If you've ever walked away from an event and thought, man, I just don't feel like I experienced it like other people did. If you walk away and you feel like you distorted what really happened in order to meet this preconceived idea of how you wanted that event to play out, so you go, you walk away from it and you say, oh, all those people were jerks. Or, you know, you go to a party and you don't meet anyone cool, so everybody there was a loser, right? But then you later find out that it was the best party ever, and you're like, well, how did that one person have fun there and I didn't? Right? Delete, distort, generalize. This is what you're doing. Whenever you don't notice things about somebody, and then you later find out that, you know, they were really good at this, that, or the other, and you're like, I wish I'd have known that about them. I would have been so much more fun to talk about. That was just your mind deleting what was being presented to you because it just didn't fit the narrative you were creating. Right? We all create these stories of the world that's happening around us. We use our words. We use our sense of taste, touch, smell, sight, sound. It's our five major senses. And when we experience the external world through these five senses, they get into our brains and they get deleted, distorted, or generalized. And the reason this happens is because in every single second you live, two million or so bits of data are flooding into your brain through these five senses. Now they're going straight into the unconscious, which is like the best supercomputer that we know of now, I'm sure some people are developing AI that will one day make us all look like, you know, monkeys trying to smash oysters open with rocks. <laughs> wait, wait, don't, do we already do that? Um, but the point being is, as of now, our brain is the most powerful computer that has ever existed within the world of Earth. It takes in two million bits of data every single second, and it stores that. And it just continues to store it distort it, not distort it. It does distort it, and it's the conscious mind that distorts it and deletes it and generalizes it. Because if it tried to take in 2 million bits of data every single second, it would be system freaking overload. This is why as I'm pacing back and forth in my home office doing this show right now on a Monday night at, you know, what is it, 10 o'clock, 10.07 p.m. Pacific time, I look around at my home office and I've got my bookshelf with my pins and my mail and I've got these things uh, taped up on my wall where I'm teaching myself how to teach certain things about NLP better and I've got my little bookshelf that you might have seen if you've watched any of my Instagram or Facebook lives and over here I've got my desk and I've got everything around it. All of this stuff exists every single second that I'm in this room. But for the most part, my brain just deletes a lot of it. So until I like actually look at my desk, I'm like, oh, that's where my tape dispenser is. Oh, that's where my back scratcher is. But until I actually need those things, it's just unconsciously, it's just stored back there. If your brain was literally remembering where every single thing was every single second, you'd crumble because you wouldn't have no other time to think about anything other than where every single item in your room was placed. It will just, it just does it naturally. 
This is how you can be out in the field and going about your business and not even notice that, you know, there, there's a dog on the hill. You know, back in the day, if you were a caveman, if you, tried, if you deleted too much of your surroundings, a saber-toothed cat might get at you. Right? If you try to generalize where the good berries were, then somebody might go and two feet over eat the poison berries. If you distorted the events of how you found the, the animals that you need to hunt, then everybody goes to that spot to find the animals and they find no animals and now your whole village starves. Deleting and distorting and generalizing wasn't good for humankind back in the day. We also had a lot less distractions. So back then, it literally was just us, nature. We had the world around us, right? If, if the ancients would have had smartphones, we would no chance we would have all the amazing stories about the stars that we do because they'd have been too busy staring at a phone instead of staring at the sky. But hundreds and thousands of years pass, of course they're going to create stories about the stars because they had nothing else to watch. At night, it was literally the only thing on. (laughs) And it was definitely the only thing moving. And if anything else out there in the darkness was moving, it was probably coming to eat you. I like to say, if you find an animal out at night, it's either trying not to get eaten or looking to eat. But no animals come out at night just because they're bored. At night is where the hunting happens. So when you go back and you look at the way civilization has progressed, we have gotten to where we're at today with because of this ability to delete, to distort and generalize. It allows our, our conscious mind to not have to worry about and think about and bother with the trivial things that are going on around it. The problem that this proposes to us that we are now here to discuss is that if we're not conscious of what it is that we're deleting, distorting, and generalizing, then we're creating a world around ourselves that isn't actually true. The definitions of generalization, according to my notes, okay, I've got generalizations. The characteristics of one person gets prescribed to all people. Deletions, imperfect people, which is all of us, by the way, will conveniently remember the bad, hurtful things and we'll delete what others are doing to others or what they're doing to others. Okay. So when you think about that, well, you know what, we'll get into that in a second. Let me, let's not start to, to, to screw down too, too, too low into this yet. Let's stay here on the surface and let's make it through this part. So what else can we think about when it comes to this? Deletions. Imperfect people, again, all of us will conveniently remember the bad, hurtful things uh, about us or that happened to us, and we will delete what we are actually doing to others. And then distortions, jumping to an assumption or presumption. We react to our perception of reality and not to reality itself. Right? Now, that is, to me, one of the most important things. Like, are we actually reacting to the world that's literally happening around us? Or are we reacting to something completely different? Right? I mean, when it, it just think about the depth at which this could truly go. And now, let's get into that depth. So, delete, 
distort, generalize. So the last two minutes were a little bit, little bit not very good. I'm looking back and I'm like, huh, this is what happens when you try to go through your show notes and find things to make sure that you can make a poignant topic. So I paused the mic and now I'm back on because I wanted to make sure that I got this out clearly. And because you guys know I am not going back and, and editing things. It's all about the rawness of this. So if you wondered why I repeated one of the, what is it, deletion? <laughs> because I was trying to go through three different pages of notes and bring an important point into it. And now I found that point and now it will show up here in a moment or two. <laughs> so as I had mentioned before, when we start to think about what it was that we all were going through in college, right? There is this constant barrage of newness of this whole new world that's going on around us. And so when you get there, you have this, these filters you're running with the world through this delete, this distort, this generalize. And right and those filters even have their own filters, your values, your beliefs, your opinions, your memories, your experiences. These become the filters at which you run your delete, distort, generalize filters through. It's like a double filtration system, right? Everything gets experienced through your five senses. And then, it, then it comes into the body. It gets run through your values and, and your beliefs and your opinions and your, your, your um, experiences and your memories. And then it gets into this delete, distort, generalize. And this thing happens so fast you don't even realize it. Right. This is why you might come from a small town, and if you've never really been around a, a people of another race, that you might have preconceived notions about what black people or Asian people or white people or people from uh, Africa or South America or the Northeast of America or the Pacific Northwest or Middle America. Like It doesn't matter, right? If you were raised in a certain area, you're going to have inherent values and beliefs and opinions, um, and you're not going to necessarily know how your values equate to somebody else's. You're not going to know how your opinions, your memories, your experiences are going to line up with everybody else. And if you were raised that your values were the end-all, be-all values, and you meet somebody else with different values, you're going to inherently think they're wrong and you're right. And this all is occurring through this deletion, this distortion, and this generalization. So we experience the world, five senses, it goes through both of these filters, and then it shows up inside of our head as pictures and little tiny movies. When that happens, it creates an emotion, a, a state of being, right, an emotion or a feeling in us, which then transfers to our physiology, and it creates our body language that moves forward into our behaviors and our actions, and then that gives us the results that we have. Okay, and so when we go through this and we really start to look at what these things are like, when you start wondering, like, I wonder why I behave that way. I wonder why I got this result. You can literally reverse engineer this up and say, okay, well, this was the outcome I got in this interaction. Okay, let's look at my behavior. Let's look at my physiology. What did my body language say? All right, now let's look at my emotional state, my feelings. What, did, what, what, what kind of energy was that putting out? All right. How does what what movie then was that created that? What images were I putting in my head that created that? You can and again we're reverse engineering this all the way back up to the actual moment of the event. Then you say, okay, well, this was the internal image I had. How did my filters of delete, distort, generalize values, beliefs, opinions, experiences? How did all of this create the experience I just had? I really want to hammer this home, and I think it's so imperative that y'all understand this because 
so many adults out there in the 30s and 40s and 50s, they don't realize they're doing this. And then they have these experiences that occur, that, that happen to them. They get run through this entire process, and then it comes out the other end, and they want to blame other people for the experience they had. Or they want to blame other people for the outcome that they got from the choice they made. Like the beauty of your generation, right? And I really don't feel like our generations are that far off, but you know, I guess it's just because I still live a, a relatively young, young youth-inspired life. But when you start thinking about these people that, you know, oh, they're just that old person, old fuddy-duddy stuck in their ways. It's like it, they don't necessarily mean to be. And, and old dogs can learn new tricks. They just have to be given the motivation for why. And it's your generation's responsibility, whether you like it or not, to basically fix all the crap that the baby boomers did. Us Gen Xers, we're trying we're trying, but you know what? We're just we're not yet old enough to get all the baby boomers out. <laughs> and y'all are falling in right behind us wondering what the hell is going on around this place. <laughs> so when you learn how to recognize the deletions and the distortions and the generalizations that you're making, you will truly be able to harness the power of the mind in a way that nobody else knows how to. Like so many people wish they had this information. So let's talk about deletion first. Deletion is where details are deleted based on what the speaker chooses to focus upon, right? Or th- so this is happening, you, you know, when I say speaker, just you, right? You're deleting events based on what it is you choose to focus on. This is how 10 people watch a car accident or attend a birthday party and all 10 people have a different recollection of the fender bender or all 10 people have a different recollection of the birthday party. It's all based on what you're choosing to focus on. And you're choosing to focus on things based on your values, beliefs, opinions, right? You remember that part. I just said it seven minutes ago. I'll stop repeating that. So when you say things like, he's a failure, that person is not very bright. He or she rejected me. I was left all alone. No one loves me. I can't succeed. These are deletions. Because you're deleting the, the, you're deleting the part that explains why you think any of that's true. He's a failure. Okay. Says who? How did, how did that person fail? What did they fail at? Who says so? That person is not very bright. Not very bright based on who? Not very bright based on what qualifications? What was it that they did that caused you to say they're not very bright? He or she rejected me. Okay. What is your definition of rejection? How do you know they rejected you? Just because you asked them out on a date doesn't mean that they rejected you as a human being. They just said, no, they didn't want to go on a date, right? They just simply declined your offer to spend more time with you. If you walk away and say, oh, they, they, they rejected me, well, maybe, they, maybe it's because you're goth and they're in their prep. They're, they're, they, just, they don't see a connection. They didn't reject you as a human being. If you guys were, you know, put in on a desert island together, it, no, no doubt in my mind, at some point you'd be friends. <laughs> I was left all alone. Okay, you were left. What does left mean? What does all alone mean? What do you, what do you consider all alone? No one loves me. No one ever. Nowhere ever. Nobody on the planet. Love. What is your definition of love? How do you understand the word love? I can't succeed. 
You can't, so you've never succeeded at anything ever. I can't succeed in this class. Really? You can't? Why can't you succeed in this class? The teacher doesn't like me. Why do, who says the teacher doesn't like you? You see, if you really start to ask these questions to yourself, and this is really about language patterns, right? When, when you're talking about deletion, you're looking for the words to listen for is instances where a verb has been turned into a noun, such as failing at becomes failure. Or he is performing becomes his performance. Or he is succeeding becomes his success. Right? I am a failure. Right? That's where you took a verb and, and you were, were like uh, uh, f- failing at and turned it into a noun. Failure. Okay. You're failing at what? Passing this class? Okay. Right? I'm a failure. That's very broad. I can't work with that. I'm failing at passing this class. Okay. Now... What aren't you doing in order to feel that you're passing this class? What what aren't you doing in order to actually pass this class? It becomes, right, we go from one is problem-oriented versus solution-oriented. When you start to use sentences that require an opposite, such as good, bad, cold, hot, bright, dull, happy, sad, rich, poor, those become deletions. Those are That's how you recognize a deletion. If you're using a verb which requires clarification... The way or and here's a here's a way to understand that one. The way he or she acted sucked. Okay, you said the way he or she acted sucked. I need some clarification on what on what they, on what acted and sucked means, right? Because they may have talked. Well, they talked really loud and they told jokes the whole time. Well, some people may have loved that about the person the whole night. You may not have for whatever reason. Again, your values, beliefs, opinions, and memories and experiences. Non-specific references is like, those people always act that way. That's a huge deletion. Who are those people? And what is, they, they always act that way. It's definitives, right? You've got to be very careful about definitives. And this, this will come up when we, when we get to distortion here in a second as well. But think about that. Anytime you've used these broad, non-specific references to people or things, computer, oh, computers hate me. That is a huge deletion, really. Computers hate you. You know, there is something to be said about energy that we exude and how that energy exude actually gets picked up by the, the technology around us. So I have literally known people who've been like, yeah, when I get angry at my technology, it actually acts up worse. You go into it with a with a dislike for for inner for we put off energy whether you want to believe it or not. This isn't some hippy dippy crap. We put off energy. If we're putting off good energy, good things come toward us. If we're putting off negative energy, that's what we're magnetizing. It's like the secret. You literally are magnetizing the world around you. Now let's move to distortion. Distortion is when the speaker distorts something to mean something else that it was not even intended to mean. Here she is. So here's some examples. And I built these all around the college experience, or at least the best of my ability. <laughs> he or she doesn't love me because he doesn't. And then I got a couple options here. Buy me flowers, cook me dinner, open my car door. He or she doesn't love me because he doesn't buy me flowers, cook me dinner, open my door. What a distortion. Okay. Friends should stick together no matter what happens. That's quite a big distortion. He or she is driving me crazy. He or she from this, and I put in parentheses, class or race or religion, 
he or she is from this class, so they won't want to be my friend. I know these are things that I've heard on campuses. I know these are things I thought when I was on campus. So these distortions that you're looking for, that you're wanting to be mindful for, all right, statements that don't add up, where a conclusion stated in the second part of a sentence is based on the meaning attached to the first part. He or she doesn't love me is the first part, right? This is, and so the conclusion stated in the second part, because they don't buy me flowers. They don't cook me dinner. They don't open my car door, right? So there are there other ways that they've shown you that they love you? How, what ways are those? In what way does that person not cooking dinner for you mean that they don't love you? Friends should stick together no matter what happens. How do you know that? Who told you that? He or she is driving me crazy. What is driving you crazy? What is the definition of driving you crazy? What are you doing when that, when that person drives you crazy? Right? And he or she is from this, this class, again, race, creed, color, religion, whatever, so they don't want to be my friend. That's a mind read. How do you know that? Now, I'm not saying that in any of these examples I've already given within deletion and distortion, that you might not be, you could be right and you might be wrong. It could go either way. What is imperative is that you, that you experience the finding out if what you're thinking is true. If you look at some people across the quad and they're all sitting there with violins and you've got a tuba and you think, well, they all play violins. They're not going to want to be my friend because I play a tuba, right? You're distorting reality. You don't know that. You're mind reading. They might be dying for a horned instrument to join their party, but they're sitting over there thinking, wow, we are all playing the violins. No one who plays a horned instrument wants to be friends with us. You just don't know. And the problem that we're having in our society is everybody is doing a version of deletion and distortion where they are literally creating their world based on their own presumed model of the world point of view and assuming it's correct for everybody else. Let's go over to generalization because we're going to wrap up the show soon. And and this is taking one experience and applying it to a multitude of other experiences or taking one thing or one person and applying it to an entire group. So some examples. He was a jerk and he's in a fraternity, so all men in fraternities are jerks. They are, parentheses, race, and they act, parentheses, a certain way, so all race act a certain way. I'm being very politically correct here, but you can add in black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever you want to do, you know, because I'm white, I'll stick with mine because I can't, I can't, nothing can be perceived incorrectly via this medium. If I, by doing it this way, like they're all white and they all act snooty. So all white people act, uh, all white people are snooty. That's just not true. You just don't know until you go and experience them. And yeah, you might meet 50 white people who are snooty douches. And then you might come across one that is literally the most awesome person you've ever met. But you just don't know unless you keep putting yourself out there. Another example I have, my teachers in high school didn't like me, so my teachers in college won't like me. Okay, that's a huge generalization. One, your teachers in high school didn't like you, so teachers in college won't. That's your, that's your generalization. A distortion would be 
the, the teachers didn't like you, right? Like, who said they didn't like you? So all of them hated you, huh? All of them wanted to throw you into a wood chipper or off a bridge. Really, all of them. That's a distortion. And a deletion would be just simply that the teachers didn't like you. I mean, you're deleting information there. Says who? How do you know they didn't like you? How many times did you talk to them? All of them that delete, distort, and generalize are all located in just that one sentence alone. I wasn't cool in high school, so I won't be in college. That's a generalization. It's also a deletion. How do you know you weren't cool in high school? You probably were cool amongst the friends you had. Maybe the cool, quote-unquote, cool kids, the preps or the jocks or whatever, maybe they weren't down with you, but I guarantee you within your, your group of friends, they liked having you around. In freaking middle school, I hung out with all the nerds and played chess. We were all very good at chess. I guarantee you we all thought each other was cool. We were cool in our world. And then the distortion as well on that. You weren't cool in high school, so therefore you won't be cool in college. Right, so you're taking that I won't be cool in college, and you're and you're making it mean that you weren't cool in high school, and vice versa. Looking for word negation words like can't, unable, not possible. Look for words that are necessity driven: need, must, have to, got to, go to, necessary, requirement, and then definitives. I'm, I always never use definitives. Everybody, nobody, anyone, ever, always, never. Oh, she always treats me that way. He never shows up on time. Really? Really? Never? Never, ever? So the question is to ask yourself, what can you do? What stops you? What tells you that? Who can't? Do you know anyone who does? My teachers in high school didn't like me, so my teachers in college won't like me. Okay. Do you know anyone who does like you? How many hours and days are you thinking that your teachers don't like you? Oh, white people act snooty, so all white people. uh, There are white people who act snooty, so all white people act snooty. Really? Do you know any white people who don't? What tells you that? What stops you from going out and finding out? I wasn't cool in high school, so I can't be cool in college. But what if you could be? Right? There is no real definition of cool ever. Right? You could be going to a super, you know, you could be going to MI, you could be going to Harvard or Yale. I, you, how many people you think on Harvard and Yale's campus are too impressed by the guy who's the quarterback for the Harvard or Yale football team? Oh, great. You're the, you're the, you're, you guys are 153 jocks. It's about how big a college football team is. 103 plus other people who are like not playing regularly. <laughs> so, yay, you 150 are good, are strong enough nerds to go play football. <laughs> right? I mean, trust me. I guarantee you that the people who are, who are creating startups their sophomore year are cooler than the people playing football. This has all been around, and it's just so funny that I did the, I did a similar show back last year around this time, because I really think it's imperative that, and it isn't just for y'all, I mean, yes, I'm bringing this to you, but I did this episode for the Sober People, it'll be coming out soon too for my other podcast from Sobriety to Recovery, because I really do think the lack of emotional intelligence we have as a society can all go back to the way that we have been raised by people who perceive the world a certain way, and then they pass their values, beliefs, and opinions down on us. 
and we get it locked in our heads that this is the right way, or we want to reject the people who raised us so much that we choose different values, beliefs, and opinions, even if the ones they taught us were actually based in integrity and humility and gratitude. Right? It could go either way. The point is, is now you're just aware of it. That's so much about what I do. So much about what I talk about is just the awareness. I remember when I was going through an NLP master practitioner's class and one of the one of my peers um, signed his daughter up for it. She had just turned 18. And I remember how much we were all gushing over her. And this is about four years, three, or, three years ago. We were all gushing over her because it was like, God, if I'd have known NLP at 18, if I'd have known NLP at 18... It's one of the reasons why I'm putting together ways to teach this to college and high school kids because I truly, honest to God, believe that what you learn about your own mind and how you create the world around you, this is stuff that changes everything. Today I just gave you a small taste of how you can understand deletions, distortions, and generalizations and how you can start monitoring your own behavior, your own words, your own life, and noticing where you delete, where you distort, and where you generalize. When you do this, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good, bad, ugly, anything else. It just means it's happening. It's up to you to determine if once you've deleted and distorted and generalized, if you then internalize it into yourself, and then you create thoughts, and you create feelings, and you create actions and results that aren't serving you. If they aren't serving you, if it's not for your highest good, if you don't walk away from that thinking, wow, that was a win-win for everyone involved, then you're now have the opportunity to do it better the next time because you're aware of it. And it's within that awareness that so much change can occur. And unfortunately, we live in a society that just chooses to not be aware of the world around them in a way that actually could uplift everybody rather than only benefiting the few. Your generation, who you are now becoming, you're going to go out there and you're going to become the job creators. You're going to become the leaders. You're going to become the people who will one day make the decisions that will transform this world into a better place or will continue it down the slippery slope that we have been on now since the end of World War II. You have a choice. And now I've introduced to you a way to notice that choice. You have all the ability in the world to create the life that you want for yourself. And at the same time, you have the ability to influence others to see it in a better way too. With, with great power comes great responsibility. And I want nothing more than for all of you to experience the best in life, pandemic or political espionage or, or political infighting or or social justice issues or the environment going down the tubes and soot in our water and too much fluoride and the solar system's going to crash upon us. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring us, but I promise you, if you begin to see the world as it really is and not how you're deleting, distorting, and generalizing it, that will only change everything. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See you next week. Bye-bye.